give God some praise today. As we get to the Word of God today, would you remain standing, please, in reverence to the Word of God today. As we go into this subject of, help me, I'm a hot mess. I'm going to explain why this message came to my heart two weeks ago. Genesis chapter 4, beginning at verse 3. Genesis chapter 4, beginning at verse 3. The Word of God talks about two brothers. But I want you to notice something. The Word of God says, In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions from the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? If you do what is right, Will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, God says sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you. But you must master it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, Let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother, Abel, and he killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Father, I pray this morning for anyone today who wants to put the blame on people, get angry with you, but they're simply just not doing what is right. Father, give us a humble heart this morning to receive instruction, correction, and conviction. This is not a word of condemnation, but of conviction. So I pray for anyone here this morning who needs to hear this. Open their hearts, their eyes, and ears in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give God some praise one more time this morning. You guys can have a seat as we talk about this topic. Help me. I'm a hot mess. It was about a week or two ago, my parents got this new coffee maker. And I didn't know that coffee makers can be possessed, but this one was. Because it was a special one. It had a a separate section for a single cup. And I love that because I'm still a huge coffee drinker. And I love the fact that I don't have to make a massive cup of coffee, a pot of coffee. I can just make one cup and go. 
So the problem was, I did everything as instructed. I'm telling you the truth. I did everything as instructed. I filled it with water. I put the right amount of grains on it. I powered it up. I heard it brewing. It was great. I went away to go do something. And I knew that when I came back, I would have my coffee ready at hand. It was early morning. I'm excited because if anyone knows me, don't talk to me until I've had my coffee. Don't bother me. Don't even look at me until I've had my coffee. Can I get a witness today? Anyone? All right. Don't judge me. Don't judge like I'm the only one. So as I went away and I came back, I'm telling you, disaster. There was coffee everywhere. I don't even, I was like looking up in the ceiling. How did that get up there? It was everywhere. And I wanted to blame the coffee. At first I blamed the coffee maker. Your pastor went crazy. I looked at that coffee maker. And I was like, stupid coffee maker. I should have stuck with the old one. It wasn't broken. Oh, faithful, I'm sorry. I'll come back to you. I wanted to blame even the dog. I said, the dog had to have done this. Where is he? It wasn't the coffee maker. It wasn't even the dog. Here's the problem. I followed all the instructions. I plugged it in. I didn't read the instructions because I'm a man. But I just did all the right things to it, but here's the problem. I did not align the cup right under the coffee spout. It was off by a little bit. But because that coffee cup was out of alignment, it created this massive mess. And if I would have just aligned it right... I would have enjoyed my morning. But because I chose to go out of line just a little bit, it created this mess. See, I believe today we have a mess of a country. We have a mess in families. We have a mess with children. We have a mess in churches. We have a mess today because so many of us, you and me and that person next to you, look at them right now. Yeah, them. So many of us are living out of line with God and then we're wondering why nothing is working out. We're out of line. And then when things get messy... We want to blame the coffee maker. We want to blame God. And why isn't God doing anything? And why isn't God working? I meet people all the time. I tried God. How do you try God? I tried God. It didn't work out. I tried church. It didn't happen for me. There's so many people today whose lives are a mess. And we want to blame God. You know that Cain was angry? I don't just think he was angry with his brother. I believe he was angry with God. How dare you not accept my offering? And God in his mercy gave him a chance. If you do what it's right, he said, listen, Cain, if you would just go back and do it my way, I'll accept it and things can be better for you. What if God is telling you that this morning? If you would just stop for a minute, realign yourself with my word and do it my way, you wouldn't have such a mess in your life. You see how quiet it is? 
That's music to my ears because it means I'm preaching good. You're just living bad. (laughs) You're out of line. And we want to blame God. And some of you think just because you're out of line a little bit, it's not going to make a difference. It's just a little sin. But a little sin goes a long way. And it can mess up everything that God planned for you. It can mess up everything that God has blessed you with. God has blessed you with a spouse, but you're messing it up. God has blessed you with children, but you're messing that up. God has blessed you with a job, but you're messing that up. What areas of life are a mess because you refuse to be in line with God? But see, today, I don't believe we're just a mess. I don't believe we're just a mess. Because that word mess, as you look it up in the dictionary, it means a situation of great difficulty, confusion, and disorganization. So let's just take the mess test. You guys ready to take a mess test? How many of you have some great difficulty right now that goes beyond your ability to fix? Show me your hands. Good. Okay, you're, you're a mess. All right. How many of you have some confusion? You just don't know what you're going to do, and you're just trying to figure out why this happened, and you don't know how you're going to figure this out. Show me your hands. Okay, you're a mess. And how many of you are just so disorganized? Everything is everywhere. You don't even know where you're standing right now. Show me your hands. You're a mess. Oh my gosh, the whole church is a mess. But here's the difference though. I don't think we're just a mess. I believe we're a hot mess. Because when I was cleaning up that coffee, it was hot. And I had a hot mess. And then it came to my mind. I said, man, I wonder how many people in the church that God has graciously given me as a blessing to pastor, I wonder how many of those sheep are a hot mess. And I started really researching on hot mess, and I realized something. A hot mess is different than a mess, because while a mess is a situation of great difficulty, confusion, and disorganization, a hot mess is a situation of great difficulty, confusion, and disorganization, all while maintaining your beauty and attraction. And I said, hold up. That's my church. Why? Because you guys are hot. You come in looking right. You come in looking good. Can I get a witness? You're like, amen, pastor, talking to me. Look at your neighbor and say, I agree. This is a time to get someone, if you're single, this is your time to tell them, hey, girl, you're hot. Pastor said it. See, a hot mess is when you're a mess, but you're still attractive. You're still beautiful and looking right on the outside. See, isn't that what's going on in our society today? We are a mess, but we're looking good doing it. I love how Urban Dictionary defines this one. Urban Dictionary, I'm going to read it out for you. It says, a hot mess is defined as being terrible while looking awesome. 
Being terrible while looking awesome. And it gives an example. For example, a person usually, but not necessarily a woman. I can't make this up. A hot mess. A person usually, but not necessarily a woman who is extremely attractive, dresses well, but seriously has personality flaws that makes any relationship, event, situation, or environment difficult, awkward, negative, or just plain crazy. For example, yeah, my wife looks great in that Versace dress and has her hair and makeup on point, but she calls the cops every time I don't text her, assuming that I'm missing, or she throws all my stuff away in the lawn, assuming that I'm cheating, all while managing to call all her friends and tell them, change the locks on the door, and cancel all my credit cards. I love my wife. She is one hot mess. What a definition. Terrible while looking awesome. That's why God said to Samuel, man looks at the outside. But I look at the heart. That's why you can't assume someone has it all together because they have it all together on the outside. Don't assume because you see a married couple holding hands and taking a picture of themselves kissing at a sunset that their marriage is awesome. Don't assume because you see someone driving a new car, living in a nice house, that their finances are great. Don't assume because you see someone walking in church with Bible at hand, raising their hands during worship, saying, Amen, brother, preacher, good, awesome, I love the Lord. Don't assume even if they have a Jesus t-shirt on. That they're spiritual and on point with God. It's so easy today because we live in a sick world that wants to maintain beauty on the outside, but on the inside, be a mess. And that's what's happening. That's why you can't trust social media. It's why we have filters, because you're fat. Am I preaching the truth? But you need to convince people that you work out. So let me Photoshop this, cut this, enlarge this, and I'm good. And then someone clicks your profile and goes, mmm, and then meets you in person and goes, mmm. If you're offended, it's because I'm talking to you. <laughs> I love you. I didn't preach last week. I have a lot to say. You miss me? <laughs> Don't assume. We, we smile. We laugh. <laughs> We're confident. Drive nice cars out of our nice houses to go to a great job that we hate. Go to church and we, we sing, we pray, we hug. Some of you hug people you don't like today. Bless you, sister. <laughs> but underneath, if we would get real... Like God said, your heart, you're a mess. Things in your life aren't in order. Things in your life are difficult. 
Some of you, your mind's a mess. You're confused. One minute you're happy, the second you're discouraged. One minute you're excited, the second you're deprived. I mean, what's going on in there? You're, you're, you're a mess. But you can't, God forbid, oh my goodness, you can't let people know that. Because you're a Christian. And you know that Christians never have problems. And Christians are always happy. And everyone you see in church, we have the lives we want to live. So we have this pressure that I can't let my pastor know I am losing my faith in God. I can't let my parents know that I'm going through discouragement and depression. I I can't let my church know that I don't read my Bible all the time. I can't let my family know that I'm struggling with this habit. I can't let anyone know because I'd rather be a mess, but a, a hot mess. So we continue to live under this false persona of happiness, holiness, righteousness. But all along, only you and God and those who really know you know you're a mess. Yeah, I believe in verse 10. The reason I felt led to choose Cain as our example is because he was a hot mess. In the context, you read it. The Lord said, what have you done? Let me ask you that question. What have you done? You're like, what have you done? I want you to think about it for a second. Think about what you have done. And then God says, you know why you did it? Because you didn't listen. Listen. You know, some of you, your lives would be so different if you just listen. But you don't listen because you think you know it all. And you realize when your life is a mess, you know nothing. And it's only when your life is a mess that you realize, man, my parents were right. It's only when your life is a mess, man, Pastor Hatson, he was right. Listen. It takes great humility to listen. And God said, listen. Your brother's blood cries out from the ground. You know why Cain was a hot mess? Because he was angry, like some of you are. He was jealous, like some of you are. He was bitter, like some of you are. And he acted on his emotions. He killed his only brother and buried it. And he continued with his life like nothing was wrong out in the field doing his thing. That's what a hot mess does. A hot mess lives life like nothing's wrong. A hot mess goes to work from 9 to 5 like everything's okay. 
A hot mess continues like everything in life is fun and exciting. There's nothing wrong. Cain literally buried it. He buried his brother and he continued with his life. And when God said, what have you done? He's like, nothing. I'm okay. I'm fine. Why do you ask? Because some of you right now, on the outside, you may be laughing and shouting and worshiping and walking confident in your nice little lifestyle. But I want to tell you that some of you right now, I know, and if I don't know, God knows, there are things in your life you are bearing. Pretending it's not even there. Some of you have buried child abuse. It never happened. Some of you have buried sin and personal sin and addiction and you live your life, you know it's there, but I'm just going to bury it and continue my life. I'm going to live as an addict, but no one's going to know. I'm going to live hurt and abused, but no one's going to know. And there's so many emotions. You have anger in this church. You have bitterness in this church. You have resentment in this church. But some of you buried it to come to church. You just buried it. I'm just going to bury it. I'm just going to ignore it and pretend it never happened. But you know why? If you're a hot mess, you can't just bury things because God knows. And God knows because he wants you to be healed. That's why Moses murdered someone, just buried it. The next day, it came to light. Not because God wanted to punish him, but because God wanted to restore him. As long as what you're bearing stays buried, God can never heal you. Stop pretending like everything's fine. You don't have to tell me or anyone what you're bearing, but you need to tell God who already knows, Lord, you know what's underground. You know what's underneath this smile. You know what I'm hiding. You know what I've buried. Cain was a hot mess. Because anyone that would have seen Cain would never have known what he had done. And let me tell you why you can't bury things. Because it eats away inside you. That's why he buried it. Live this life. God speaks to Cain and says, What's wrong with your face? Verse 6, read it. He says, Why is your face so downcast? That word downcast means just to be down and sad. In other words, there came a point that what Cain buried was beginning to show in his expression and his face. There's only so long and so much you can fake it. There's only so much you can smile and laugh until the real face comes out. That's why, don't take it as an offense or get mad when someone looks at you and says, hey, are you okay? You don't look right. Because that can be the very voice of God saying, I, I know there's something wrong with you. Look at your face. 
You should see the faces I see every Sunday morning on this stage. It's face that's telling me, Pastor, I'm not real. Your face tells me there's things you're hiding, you're ashamed of. Your, your face tells me there's things that you're hiding that you think God doesn't know about. Your face tells me you're losing your faith. Your face tells me you're going through depression. Your face tells me you're going through thoughts of suicide. Your face tells me you're going through discouragement. Your face tells me I don't like my spouse anymore. Your face tells me I don't know how to raise these kids anymore. But you put on this happy face, but after a certain time, it begins to come out. How did God know? I love this verse because it shows me that not only does God know what I think no one else knows, but God cares about how I feel. It's not always about how, what you do and, and, and just do it. No, God says, I'm concerned about your emotions right now. I know this because God asked them, why are you angry? God cares today if you're his child, but you're living with anger. God is concerned if you are a born-again Christian, but you're living with bitterness and jealousy and rage. God cares when His children are down. If you're down and you're saying, Pastor, I, I don't feel like getting up in the morning and it's hard to live this life and I'm discouraged and I'm losing faith and I don't think God cares. Let this verse be a reminder. God cares. He cares that you're not happy. He cares that you're not smiling for real. He cares that you have no joy. Because if not, he would never have asked Cain, why are you angry? Cain, try to hide it. I don't know. Where's your brother? I don't know. He knew. Why? Because you know what you're hiding from God. If it wasn't wrong, you wouldn't be hiding it from people. Cain would have been like, oops, I killed my brother, everyone. But he hid it because he knew it was wrong. I ask you again, what did you do that you've buried pretending it's not there anymore? What has been done to you that you bury and pretend it's never happened? That's why Cain's life was a mess. He's angry, but you know what God tells him? You're angry, but it's your fault. Take responsibility. Do what's right. Things will get better if you just do what's right. As long as you continue to get angry with God, angry with the world, angry with our government, angry with the church, angry with the pastor, angry with your friends, angry with your family, angry with everyone, because God forbid you know it's never you, but let's assume that it's you. If you take responsibility for the mess in your life, God can say, I could accept it and I can change it. God tells him in verse 7, if you're a hot mess right now, Looking good, but not feeling good. God tells him the answer to his mess. If you do what is right. So simple, yet we're complicated, not God. 
How many of you would know without a doubt today how different your life would be right now had you just done it right? And God's way. Can I get a witness today? Just do, if you do what, you know what I love about God? He tells Cain. And he tells us in the context. God has set a standard to live by. If not, God can never say, if you do what is right, because if there's nothing to do right in, then God can't tell me that. The fact that God says, if you do what is right, meant that God instructed them what to do, which was right, in the eyes of God. See, God has set a standard. And He has created a line for us to live by. And like that coffee cup, if you're out of line, don't expect to get the coffee. You're going to get a mess. God has set a standard. And He has created a line between what is right and what is wrong. No in-between, no middle, no rightish, wrongish, right, wrong. According to the scripture, what is right in the eyes of God. Not what is right in your, my eyes, your eyes, what is right in the eyes of your college professor, our country, our government, our president, our friends, our neighbors, anywhere. What is right in the eyes of the Lord. If you fail to live within the line of God's standards, you will be a mess. Failure to live in the line of God and in the wrong choices in life will result in a mess in any area of your life. God has drawn a line in every area of your life. God has drawn a line. He has set a standard for marriage. It is between man and woman. Don't get mad at me. God said it. That's it. God has set a standard for sex. It is after marriage only. I didn't say it. God did. There's the line. God has set a standard for finances. Do not become a slave to the lender. Give your 10% in tithes and offering. That's the standard. God has set a standard for children. Raise them in the word of God. Can you accept the standards of God? Could you accept that God has drawn a line and if you walk in that line, if you walk in the line of God's standard for marriage and love your husband and respect him and honor your wife, imagine what your marriage could look like. Imagine what your life can look like if you would just discover, Lord, where's the line in this? And I will walk it. I will live it. The problem is that God said, if you do what is right. He did not say, if you do what you feel is right. That's the problem with us today. We're addicted to emotion. We're addicted to feeling. And in order for me to do it, I got to feel it. Let me tell you something about Christianity. You're not always going to feel it. 
You think I feel like forgiving people all the time? You think you're going to feel like serving and giving and sacrificing for others all the time? You think you're going to feel like being kind and compassionate at Walmart? You think you're going to be loving and joyful and you're going to be faithful and kind and give and serve and love? You think you're going to do that only if you feel it? Good luck with you. The bad news is you're not always going to feel it. You're not always going to feel like doing it God's way. And God doesn't force you. But he will give you a chance if you haven't been doing it. He said it to Cain. You're living wrong. Turn around. Just do what's right. He warns him. See, we're, we're addicted to this, this word. Happy. That's why you're so sad. It's because you're not happy. And you're looking for happiness everywhere. We're addicted to happy. I need to feel happy, Pastor. I need to feel it. If I don't feel it, it's wrong. If I don't feel it, I'm going to be discouraged the rest of my life. If I, I need this to be happy. I need that. And we're sweating. You know why we're living in a sick world of happiness? It's because you have accepted the lie that happiness is something you deserve. Want to know how sick our world is? Go to McDonald's. Let me tell you something. I overheard this brat, this kid, sorry, this kid, ordering his food. He was ordering a Happy Meal. How many of you grew up not, do you remember Happy Meals? Let me tell you what a Happy Meal was in my day. Hamburger, cheeseburger. If your parents loved you that day, you got cheese on it. Fries, drink. That was your happy meal. Love it or not, be happy. This kid ordered a happy meal with options. Did you know happy meals now come if you want, do you want burger? Do you want fish or nuggets? Hey, do you want fries, apple slices, or yogurt? Do you want apple juice, soda, or what? What do you want? No, I'll take this and I'll take that. Scratch this. Give me that. And we're raising these kids to know that they deserve to be happy. And if they're not, switch it off. That's why we're running from church to church, from house to house, from marriage to marriage, from relationship to relationship, from car to car. Why? Because I'm just not happy anymore. You've accepted this demonic lie. That God is here to make us happy. That's just not true. If you do what is right, some of you, your life could change drastically if you just accept the standard of God and do it His way, even if you don't feel it. God looks at Cain and warns him, you're a hot mess, Cain. He said, hey, Cain, did you know that sin is at your door? That word door in the Hebrew literally means entrance. God says, you know that sin is trying to enter your life somehow. That is the truth for everyone here today. 
Sin wants to enter your life. It wants to enter through your door. It wants to enter through your eyes. It wants to enter through your ears. It wants to enter through your thoughts. It wants to enter through your choices. It even tries to enter through other people. Every day of your life, you will face an opportunity to compromise with sin and get out of line with God every day. You will be confronted with an opportunity to go out of line just a little. Because I'm convinced no one just wakes up and says, I think I'll mess up my life today. No one says, I think I'll mess up my future. I think I'll just make a mess of my family, my marriage. I think I'm just going to mess up my... You know how a mess has happened? By small areas of out alignment. Small choices. Small compromises that you do because you want to feel happy. Why do people go on drugs? They're not addicted to drugs. They're addicted to the feeling drugs give them. Why are people addicted to alcohol? They're not addicted to alcohol. They're addicted to the feeling of it. Why are people addicted to pornography? It's because they're addicted to the feeling of it. We are addicted to emotions. But if you realize that serving God has nothing to do with your emotions, you can walk in line. It's why there's so much sexual sin today and there's so much chaos and bondage and jealousy and anger and disorder and discouragement because we are living under emotions. And yes, we're human and it's normal to feel. And it's normal to have feelings. But it's not normal when your feelings have you. And that's what's going on today. Your feelings have the best of you. If you're angry, you're angry. If you're discouraged, you're done, you're down. If you're insulted, it's over. You have no balance with your emotions. Do your feelings have you? That's why you're a hot mess. Because Cain's emotions of jealousy and anger had him. See, God warns him, hey, sin's at your door. But then God encourages him. And I want to close by encouraging you today. Maybe like Cain, you're saying, I'm out of line. My life's a mess. I made a mess of every area of my life because of my selfishness. I made a mess of my children, my marriage. I made a mess of my future. I made a mess. Pastor, I'm living a mess. I'm a mess. Right? I hear it every week. Pastor, I'm a mess. And I'm glad that you're realizing because it's better for you to acknowledge your mess than to bury it. 
and pretend it's not there like Cain did. I want to tell you today, if you're a mess, God looked at Cain and said, if you do what's right. You know, God looked at Cain. He didn't just crucify him the first time. He didn't know how could, you know. He said, hey, Cain, I know what you're feeling. You're angry, right? You're jealous. But Cain, here's the problem. It's you. But Cain, right now, you can change it all if you just make a decision to do what is right and live by my standards. If you make a decision today to give your life to Jesus and live under his standard, oh, the mess he can turn around. Some of you are saying, well, pastor, I, I blew my chance. And I did it anyway, like Cain. I heard God. I knew it was wrong, but I went and did it, buried it. But now my face says it all. I'm guilty. I'm ashamed. I hate myself. I feel like my life is beyond recovery. I'm a mess. Let me tell you, you're not. Everyone reads this story wrong. We think that God cursed Cain. He didn't. He marked him. And he said, if anyone touches you, they will be cursed. In other words, God protected him. We tend to think that God kicked them out, marked them for life, and said it's over. No, God said, Cain, no matter what you've done, I know it was wrong, but I still love you. You're still my child. And if anyone touches you, they have to answer to me. Because I still love you. And he marked them with a mark of protection. I'm grateful that if you're a child of God who has repented of sin and turned to Jesus, you have been marked for all eternity and no one can mess with you. You're a child of God. But sometimes you are your worst enemy. And pastor, it's not life, it's not people, it's me. I made the worst choice of my life. But no matter who you are, what you're coming from, or what you did, the Lord is still compassionate about you and can mark you with love and compassion and forgiveness. But you have to make a choice. Am I going to get back under the authority of God? Maybe for the first time, or now for the first time in a long time. Well, Pastor, I'm a mess and I don't have the power to change. You're right, you don't. Because it is not by your power that a mess is clean. It's only by the power of God. It's not by willpower, it's by His power. But in order to experience the power of God in your life, you need to get under His authority again. You're stubborn, you're arrogant, you're prideful, you've done it your way. How has it worked? Today, you can get back. Well, I don't know. I'm mad at the church. I'm mad at people. Stop it. The problem is you. It's you. Well, maybe it's a little bit of them. No! You are where you are because of your choices. You are where you are because you were addicted to happy and not godly and you've made happy choices but not godly ones and I don't care how happy a happy choice makes you if it's not godly your face is going to go down I know what you think where's that other pastor from last week I like him he was nicer 
<laughs> hey, no one forced you to come to this church, but you like it. Romans 8.31, and I'll close with this. Romans 8.31. What then shall we say? I love that. After a sermon, you say, hey, what then shall we, what are we going to say about this? What will you say about today's message? Wow, it was nice. Wow, so I, I liked it. No, what will you say? Meaning, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to leave this church today without giving Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? Are you not going to surrender to him? Are you not going to run to the altar and ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins and turn to him so he can turn your life? Are you going to stay backslidden and depressed and discouraged and unhappy? Or are you tired of your Facebooking tired? And are you going to run back to God and say, Lord, I'm a mess, but I want to get realigned with you. Stop blaming God. Stop blaming society and the world. Take responsibility. God said, if you do what is right, maybe other people did not do what was right to you. But God still says, what about you? Are you going to do what is right, even when it doesn't feel right? Some of you, you say, it doesn't feel right for me to come to the altar and ask God to forgive me. I have real estate in that altar. I'm there every Sunday. I, I feel like I pray and pray the same thing every day. It doesn't feel right. Ignore your feelings right now and run to God. See, this Tuesday, it was pouring down rain. And I realized this that night. How crazy I am sometimes. You're like, now you realize it? But see, I went to Publix to get something for my parents, and it was pouring rain outside. So I got my umbrella, and I walked into Publix, wrapped it up, and, and I put it in my pocket. When I left Publix, your pastor, I'm telling you the truth, I ran to the car. Oh, pouring rain on me. Oh, this is terrible. I got in the car. I was soaking cold. Oh, I hate this. When I ruined it, I'm all wet. Ah, I was complaining. And then I went, oh, I forgot. The umbrella was in my pocket the whole time. You know that the Lord put that in my heart to say, hey, that's how so many people are living. You're living through life. Oh, oh, life is hard. Life is difficult. It's unfair. I'm unhappy. I'm discouraged. I'm angry. I'm mad. I'm jealous. Why me? God, why? I hate it. I hate this. And all this time, you have Jesus. The whole time. So it tells me. You could have Jesus and still be miserable. Because if you could have an umbrella and still be wet, you can still have Jesus and be miserable. Can I get a witness today? You know what the problem was? Even though I had the umbrella, I had to get under it. You know why I say this? Because Romans 8.31, God says, what then shall we say? If God is for us, who can be against us? Oh, don't you amen yet? 
Because we read it all wrong. That's how fleshly you are. Ooh, I love that verse. Why? It makes me happy. <laughs> makes me happy. I love it. Why are you so happy? Because God is for me. Uh, is he? If you want this umbrella to work for you, think about it. If I want this umbrella to work for me, what do I have to do? Hello? If I have it in my pocket, it has the potential, it has the power, it has the ability to cover me, but it won't. You know, God has the ability and the potential and the power to change your life. But he won't. And God is for you. But the reason it feels like it's not working for you is because in order for God to be for you, you need to get under him. Do you just want Jesus? Do you just say, oh, I'll have Jesus. But I'm not going to do it his way. And don't you cry when the storm hits you. Don't you complain when life's a mess if you're not doing it God's way. Let's all stand to our feet today. I'm going to give you the opportunity today. Number one, the first time ever someone today can give their lives to Jesus. I don't care who you are, where you're coming from. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, to die on the cross for your sins and for mine. And if any man believes in him that he died and rose again, he will be saved. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. And he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Only Jesus can save you. Only Jesus is the way to the Father. And Jesus is ready for you. So maybe for the first time ever, you're here listening online. You can run to this altar and receive Jesus Christ today. But I also want to talk to another group of you guys. You're the umbrella Christians. You're the one that have Jesus, but are you under him? You have Jesus, but you're miserable. Because you're distracted. Because you're sinning. Because you're in the flesh. Your life's a mess because God ordained it that way to get your attention. And he says, now that I have your attention, are you going to get back under me? Are you going to get back in line with me? If not, don't you complain about the mess if you're not willing to let God clean it up. So I want to invite you to this altar right now as we worship. You come up where you are. If you're here for the first time, you want to give your life to Jesus. Or if you're here and saying, Pastor, I'm out of line. I want to get back in line. I'm backslidden. I'm a sin. I'm convinced it's not just one person here today. Come on, give him a round of applause. Amen. First one. As we worship today, you come forward today. I don't care how long you've been in church, how long you've been saved. You're out of line lately and your life is showing it. Your face is showing it. God is ready for you to get back in line with him. You're out of alignment. You're not living right. You're not doing right. And I'm not saying it's okay, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's not the end. And you come as you are to this altar. As I pray for you. Or maybe you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, I want to get under God, but I'm shy. Let me tell you, that's okay too. But I'm going to tell you, the Bible says, if you don't acknowledge me before men, I won't acknowledge you. 
And if you can't stand up in front of this altar for Jesus, you're not going to stand up for him outside in that world. I'm just telling you right now. But you come to this altar right now. You be brave and you tell God, Lord, forgive me because I'm out of line. I'm stubborn, I'm prideful. I'm doing it my way, but today I'm getting back with you. If you're here today and you want to give your life to Jesus for the first time today, I'm going to pray two prayers today. You pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I believe you died and rose again. And today, I surrender my life to you and trust you for my salvation. I give you my life in Jesus' name. And if you're here today, you're saying, Pastor, I'm saved. I want to pray with you. So you say, Lord, I know you as my Lord and Savior. But I'm out of line. Tell the Lord right now where you're out of line. In what area? Tell him. I'm not doing it your way here. You be honest with God. And just tell the Lord right now, Father, give me the strength to walk in line with you. I may fail. I may not always do it right, but give me a willing heart to always do it right. Forgive me, Lord, for being out of line. And right now, my life is a mess. Tell the Lord where your life's a mess. What area is a mess? And ask the Lord right now, out of His grace, to help you clean that up. Father, I pray for every woman, every man, every child in this room today, every person listening online. Father, I pray that we get back in line, get under your authority, live under your standards. Let us not become addicted to feelings and happiness, but let us become addicted to pleasing you, doing it your way. In Jesus' name, we come back under your authority. Amen. Amen. Have a great week. God bless you all. See you all next Sunday.